Every day I'm hustling, 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 hustling. Every day I'm hustling, 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 every day I'm every day I'm every day I'm hustling, hustling real hard, hustling real hard. Welcome to Cigar Hustlers Podcast with your host, Mike Stepankevich from Cigar Hustler in Deltona, Florida, and me, I'm Mike Palmer from Florida Cigar Club. Sit back, light up your cigar, everybody get ready, let's get hustling. Hello everybody, I'm Mike. And I'm Mike too. And this is a Cigar Hustlers podcast. We are here today with the ever-so-glamorous, ever-so-bougie Mr. Matthew Hunt of FQ Cigars. Say hi, Matt. Hey, how you doing? Doing pretty well. Now, Matt's a a pretty good friend of ours. Um, We've been putting up with each other for, I don't know, how many years now at this point? It's been, what, three or four years at least? Yeah, at least it's got to be. we both know that uh, you got a pretty good story to tell, and uh, we figured that it'd be appropriate to have you on the show. Before you start getting into it, I just want to give a little more background about you um, and kind of our friendship. We've seen you come a long way in this industry with, with FQ Cigars, um, your newest release, which should be coming out soon, if not already, depending upon when we release this podcast, is going to be the FQ proper. Um, we're really excited about it. We think it's a fantastic cigar. You know, you're a great person, you, uh, you're very young, very ambitious, and, uh, you know, we're, I'm happy to have you as a friend. I love starting it out with compliments. Isn't that nice? Big fan of it, starting with compliments. because we're going to knock you down later. I'm, no, all, perfect. I'm all about breaking the ice. Perfect, perfect. I love it. Make you know, feel I, good now, because by the end, you're going to feel like be shit. Terrible. I mean, I, you're going to want to leave. I have a handful of mentors in this industry, um, and one of them, by the name of said Skip Martin, and he's a big believer in the Ike and Tina method, so you mm-hmm. know, you <laughs> build gotcha. them to slap them down. Exactly. You know, so. All right, so Matt, um, the first question that I'd like to ask you is, what made you get into the cigar industry? So, uh, when I was 18 years old, I was actually on a... Well, first and foremost, I want to say thank you guys for letting me be a part of this. We love having you. Oh, thanks. But, uh, yeah, so when I was 18, I actually went on a cruise ship that my brother was working on. And, uh, of course, us being Cuban, we're like, oh, we got to have a Cuban cigar. So we went to some random cigar shop in Rome and... Picked up some cigars and tried our best well, to light them up. You just jumped on a cruise ship to Rome? Uh, no. So my brother was actually working as a uh, singer and dancer on this cruise. And it was a Mediterranean cruise and uh, got a great deal because of the family situation. And, yeah. and um, But no, so it was an international cruise and that's why we were able to get Cubans. And uh, I remember we got into the lounge and lit them up. And of course, like that was a surreal experience just because... There with my brother in the middle of the Mediterranean, like, what oh, more could you ask for? Exactly, exactly. You're just in it. Um, but then it was actually when I went to the the casino that I saw all these, like, 50, 60, 70-year-old men dressed to the nines, smoking and drinking, and I'm like, what is all this? I want to do this all the time. And that's where the suit was born. That's where the suit I was born, I have to yeah. wear suits. And, yeah. So but, to kind of paint a bigger picture, um, Matt is, is a super bougie individual. 
He dresses to the nines 24-7. You'll always find him he in the suit. He has suit pajamas that he actually yeah. wears, of course. He's, uh, you know, he, uh, we all strive to be as Rico Suave <laughs> as Matthew Hunt is <laughs> in everyday life. It's my cross to bear. It, 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 and you do a great job of bearing it. <laughs> I appreciate just that. just want you to know. <laughs> but no, so I, that's actually when I got into the whole cigar world and really just fell in love with that old school cool, the whole like class never goes out of style. I mean, that's where that all originated. And then when I got back is when I really started visiting all the cigar lounges and getting to know different people and all the different brands. And uh, and yeah, and so that's actually kind of where I started having some ideas of like, oh man, it'd be awesome because of some old, old, very old family ties. I was like, oh, I wonder if I could start a cigar brand. I just love the whole idea. Okay. So you're 18 years old. You said, you know what? I, I like cigars. I had a great experience with cigars, and I want to get into the cigar industry. Uh, how old are you now? I am 26 years old. Right 26. So not even 10 years ago. Not so, even 10 years ago, yeah. And at what age do you think you were when you made your first cigar? Oh, no. That was, uh, like, physically rolling a cigar? No, not you like, rolling, but you saying, hey, you know, well, before we get into the brand and the development of the name of the brand, you know, when you finally made your connections... How old were you when you produced your first cigar? Well, so when I, after the whole the whole cruise ship thing and getting into just smoking cigars and things like that, uh, I actually started going out to St. Pete and like I ended up meeting people who, I was getting cigars for like two, three bucks a pop and then I would buy like 50, 60 at a time. I'd go visit my buddies at FSU, UF, going to the different frat parties, going out, whatever, and then at the end of the night, Everybody be smoking, whatever, and I'm like, oh, I'm going to go get my cigars. And so then it was then that people were like, oh, yo, let me get one of those cigars. I'm like, well, how about you buy it? And then nice. they just started throwing money at me, and I'm like. to be known as the cigar guy. Yeah, I'm like, I, I, I could be Matt the cigar guy. I could totally do that. And so then I started actually taking orders. Like every couple of weeks, I would get a whole list and uh, take the drive up, spend a day and get rowdy, and then deliver the cigars. And that's really where I was like, oh, I could be Matt the cigar guy. And then. The way that it went from there, just to give a little bit more of the story, was I actually, uh, that's when I really started having a lot of ideas of, man, would it be awesome to have my own brand instead of having these other random cigars with no bands? Uh, then I ended up going to an engagement party that I ended up meeting John Oliva, mm-hmm. which for the, for those of you that don't know who John Oliva is, uh, John Oliva is the CEO and president of Oliva Tobacco. Not Oliva Cigars, but Oliva Tobacco, which was founded in 1934, uh, has been providing tobacco to the entire cigar industry forever. And, mm-hmm. um, and it was actually at this party that him and I got to know each other, and then he started talking to my family, and I had a 91-year-old great aunt that was there, and they started talking, and it ends up that we did business back in Cuba. And so the guy okay. was like, uh, well, if you need anything, let me know. But, of course, me being a 19-year-old schmuck kid, I was like, oh, that's cool. Didn't really think. It's cool. I don't need yeah, old yeah. man. I'm good. I was like, ah, oh, that's cool. Whatever. I'm all hooked up already. Thank yeah, exactly. I'm getting my what cigars from St. Pete. Come on. Yeah, come on. Saint come Pete. on. All the good cigars come exactly. from St. Pete. Exactly. Don't, you know, don't you know? Come on. And so, uh, so then the next week, he actually sent me a box of like his own blend of cigars, uh, and with a little note saying like, hey, if you're serious, come to Tampa. Like we'll have a conversation and we'll see what we can do. So then, literally, I think I got it on a Thursday. That Saturday, I was uh, I went to Tampa. 
went to go talk to him, kind of told him all my ideas for what I wanted FQ to be. And Did you know it was going to be FQ at that point? I knew it was going to be FQ, and just because like we kind of bonded on the whole idea of it being like a family thing and the Cuban connection and stuff like that. And, uh, and it was funny because T, obviously, in the beginning, I don't know if he took me seriously, but just because, like, they, of course, they put me in contact with people down in Nicaragua. So that summer, I went down to Nicaragua at 19 and had the opportunity to kind of meet some different people, meet some different factories and whatnot. But it's actually funny because I spent those first three years of, like, being in the cigar industry, but I was really just going and learning and visiting the farms and visiting the factories. And I can still remember, like, a year and a half, a year and a half into it, I went back to the old, like Garcia Vega factory down in Tampa, which that's their office, that's their headquarters. And when I started bringing them different samples, they're like, "Oh, you're like still doing this. You're like, you're like still. <laughs> this is still going. Yeah, you're like you're still we, here. We figured yeah. you were gone by now. Well, and it's so funny because then, of course, I was real chubby when I first started out, and then I gradually started losing weight. <laughs> and they're like, "Oh, so you're not like a, we thought you were just some random fat college kid that was gonna like play with cigars." And I'm like, "Well, well." Now I'm just less fat, and I'm almost <laughs> done with college. Right. So, yeah. So that's so, kind of like how that all started. And you asked, like, oh, like when did I first make my first cigar? And, like, when did I actually have a brand on it? It was actually, I would say, it would have been in 2000 and, I want to say, two, end of 2012. Okay. So five years ago. So yeah. that would have made you? Three years in? 21? 21, yeah. 21 years old, make your first cigar. Yeah. First cigar line's out. Yeah. Now, I mean, I don't want to deviate too much because I really want to keep this going. But, um, you know, we actually have a good story as to how I met you. And I feel like I it's... I love this story. This it, is a good story. It's, it's only, you know, I feel obligated to, to, to say you, this story. Do you yes. feel obligated? Because, you <laughs> yes, know, this, yes, this needs to be told. I'm a big believer in, you know, um, showing where you came from and, and how you've developed as an individual. And, and, you know, if you don't pay homage to the mistakes that you made in the past, <laughs> oh, God. then, you know... <laughs> It doesn't to re, uh, what is it, replay them again. Yeah, re- yeah, re- right. yeah. Repeat you know, them. I'm a big believer in you learn from your, your mistakes. So you got to make them in order to become the successful individual that you are today. And then have the friends that will consistently remind you <laughs> of these mistakes. <laughs> Absolutely, <laughs> all the time. Absolutely, we got to keep so, you humble. So, um, so I get a package in the mail from uh, from one said FQ Cigar Company. Of some samples, and um, the return address was of Lake Mary. Now, if you know the, the the demograph of where my shop is, Deltona, from Lake Mary, it's about 10 minutes away. Just cross the bridge. So I, I open, uh, I'm completely baffled as to why the person did not walk into the store and bring me the cigars in person, kind of making the, the introduction, because, I mean, after all, the cigar, in, the cigar industry is more of a community as far as you know, establishing relationships, relationships then, right. yeah, exactly, then it is just the particular cigar. So I open, I open up the package, I smoke the cigar, I'm like, wow, this is a really good cigar. And um, a buddy, uh, a, a mutual friend of ours, which I did not know was a mutual friend at the time, walks in, his name is Z, and Emil of Cordoba Morales, and I'm like, dude, you can't, I can't fucking believe this guy. You know, this guy sends me cigars, and he's literally <laughs> 10 minutes away. He doesn't walk in or nothing. He goes, oh, that's my friend Matt. You like his cigars? I go, yeah, I like his cigars. I'm like, tell him that he needs to bring his dumb ass into the store so we can talk like about it. I was like 12. I was like 12 years old. Come on. I, oh, I get it. I, he couldn't drive. He didn't have his own exactly. license yet. He didn't have my license yet. He had to get his mom to bring him after class. <laughs> so you came in. You know, you made an introduction. Actually, I think the day that you came in, the accounting store that was 
uh, used to be there was closed, and the person walked in, didn't speak a lick of English, and I didn't speak I a lick remember. of Spanish yes. at the time, and you know, you translated from me to him because he was asking about what happened with the the where's the accountant, and I'm like, oh well, he's gone. So yeah. Oh so my yeah. gosh, wow, I can't yeah. even believe that you remember that. Came in with your suit and everything, yeah. looking all bougie. <laughs> yeah, killing. It was a, my suits have gotten to fit a little bit better over the years. I feel like I, I figured it out after a little bit. <laughs> they used to not fit Found a good tailor. Yeah, exactly. Well, I'm kind of scared to go down that road then, because I'm sure that mine will look uh, super baggy for the first two years. <laughs> I know, not the best. Well, you know, it's so funny to think back then, because obviously I have to have an excuse with this story. <laughs> and the reason, the reason why I did not come in was because I knew as a brand and like what I wanted to do with it, I didn't want to be a bundle cigar brand, and I didn't want to start visiting shops like from the get-go without boxes. And all I had was bundles. And so I didn't want like to walk into your store and be like, hey, try this cigar, you'll like it, whatever. And then you'd be like, oh, so what does the box look like? I'm like, ah, I don't know. <laughs> it's okay to defend yourself. Yeah, exactly. Well, exactly. I feel like if no. I didn't, I, wasn't, I wouldn't be trying. Well, hey, if you never shipped them, we wouldn't be having this conversation exactly. today. Exactly. So it all works out in the end. I just like to play hard to get, you know. Good job. Nicely done. All right. So getting you're back, buying him, not the cigar. Exactly. Yeah, yeah. Come on. So getting back to the, the name, where did, where did the name FQ come from? So FQ stands for Fernandez y Quiroga. Mm-hmm. And Fernandez was my mom's dad's family who dealt with tobacco in Cuba. They were actually more on, say, they would buy from the farmers and put them in touch with the manufacturers and sell to them directly. And then Quiroga was my mom's mom's family. They actually owned a rum company in Cuba which is actually very interesting just because as I've spent more and more time down in Nicaragua with all these old Cubans and also like just in the experience in the industry, you just meet so many old Cubans that you start telling the story. And I'm like, oh, yeah, Ron Quiroga, like Ron Pinilla, Ron Quiroga. Mm-hmm. And they're like, oh, totally know that name. Because back in those days, it was actually the only competitor to Bacardi. And so you had mm-hmm. Bacardi, which was all like in on the west side of the island. And then everything like basically towards Oriente was all from Pinilla, Ron Quiroga. So it's just crazy because as you, from the beginning, I just did it like, oh, it's got my two family's names on it, like it'll be cool. But then you start realizing, oh, wow, this kind of has a little bit more clout in the sense of the historical side of it than just some random two Spanish names put together. Gotcha. Gotcha. Um, What's the next question? Uh, get back to your microphone. Get back to my microphone, but I have the next question. <laughs> I want to. Know, can we talk about some of the other jobs that you did prior Ooh. to, or even during, <laughs> you um, running the FQ operation? Because I think that a lot of people see the cigar industry as you know all glitz and glam, and hey, I just hang out and I smoke cigars all day. Yeah. But you know um, what people don't understand is the time and the effort that it takes for one to make that cigar successful in the industry, and what you have to do in the meantime to eat and to kind of pay your bills. So yeah. when you're 18 years old, what what were you doing at the time? 18 years Well, first off, I had, I had just finished playing college football. I was up in Massachusetts for a year, couldn't deal with the cold, and ended up coming back to Florida. And um, I was, at that time, do we, do we want to talk about my job prior to that, or do you want to talk about it? I mean, I'm, gonna, I'm going through the list. Now, okay. I, I couldn't imagine it being too big at the year of 18. I mean, it's considering the fact that you were in college, unless you were some well, let's talk about or like, something. Let's, uh, let's talk about my, like, my first job was pretty serious. Okay. Um, I was the Easter Bunny. Get out of here. So, at, like, the mall? 
Oh, people the taking mall, pictures. Swan and Dolphin. I used to do daycares. Like I used to, I was kind of a big. So you had like your own Easter Bunny suit. You know, well, it wasn't mine. I oh. ended up working for this family friend of ours, and yeah, I was like an eight foot Easter Bunny. It was massive. And Putting that information out in the open. Yeah, well, it just it just it builds. Good for you. It's built who I'm I am. I'm proud of you. I'm proud. I am of you. who I am today because of that Easter, Bunny. Easter Bunny. Yeah. Okay. And it's just amazing because like the stories you have of just because kids are hilarious and they just say, "Well, I remember I, I had like a little mouth that was like and actually went into the uh, suit." You know, I remember and, these stories now. And <laughs> kids would be like, "Ah, oh, Easter Easter Bunny must be hungry. Let me just shove some carrots <laughs> down his mouth." And I'd be like, "Oh." And of course, the Easter, <laughs> the Easter Bunny can't say anything. Right. They can't actually. Fuck you, little kid. I'm not that What's angry. happening? <laughs> hey, stop, stop doing stop. that. So literally, I'd have to wait till there weren't any kids around to lift my head up, and there would just be like a cornucopia <laughs> of food coming out of the Easter Bunny's head. Did you ever eat the carrot? Of course not, oh. because that, I don't, don't know, know what those kids those kids' yeah. hands have been. So that was that was actually one of my first gigs was doing that. Uh, Did that pay well being Easter? Actually, it was phenomenal. I think I really? made like twenty five bucks an hour. Oh wow! So, no kidding. And I can still. I there's so many funny stories. I can. I don't know how, if we want to talk about that or if we want to talk about cigars. <laughs> no, no, but, like the Easter one. Yeah, yeah, no, but so there's. So that was just a great experience with that. And um, so what I was actually doing when I was eighteen at that time, that summer, I remember I had an internship with. Uh, I had a, a really good family friend who they he was involved with the Newport Group, which is like an extended four hundred one k company. God, that was like my first taste of like corporate world, and as you can imagine, I would get my work done relatively quickly, and then I would stand up and go talk to everybody in the office, because I, <laughs> I am essentially a social butterfly. That is what I am. So I remember that was a, that was a quick stint there, because I realized very soon that I did not love that. Um, and I would, can still remember being at that office and doing all the cigar research and looking up old cigar bands and brands, and just like, and this is at a time when I didn't know anything about cigars, so I would actually be watching... I'm sure anybody who works at Newport Group at that time is going to be like, fuck this kid. <laughs> like, this kid didn't do anything while he was here. What a bastard. But, um, but no, and so I, I can still remember like doing all the research online, seeing how to properly cut a cigar, how to do this, how to do that. It's like th- that was my time of like the learning phases before I even had the brand. It was more of just like, what are cigars? Mm-hmm. And so then, uh, and then after that, I, I mean, th- through these years, I, I mean, I'll, obviously I was in college all this time. I didn't right. graduate till actually last May because... As you can imagine, with having a brand, I'm always traveling. The, I, the teachers I had or the professors I had were very understanding and would always allow me to, to miss class. But then, of course, when I would come in, they'd let me have it and essentially make me like teach class. So, um, But besides that, I remember I was a server. I served at Cocina 214 in Winter Park. It's a buddy of mine's family. that I, I, That's another place that I learned that I didn't love serving. Uh I'm, another job I had, I was one of those perfume people at the mall. I've been waiting on that one. Oh, yeah, exactly. Because this, this is the real one. So what, is, yeah, so what did that exactly <laughs> oh, entail? Uh, did you dress like a cowboy? Was it like no, no, I, was, I got to suit up. I got to suit uh, up, and that was the best part. I got to suit up and just hand out. Randomly spray people. Exactly. Randomly, Because everybody loves that. Everybody loves that. You, my wife still talks about the perfume we gave her for her birthday exactly. a couple years ago. See? She still says that See? it's the best perfume I've ever I had. might know a thing or two. I and mean, it's only because my mom had been in that industry. She's still in it. She's been in that industry for a very long time. And so then she ended up knowing somebody who worked with Procter & Gamble. So I became a vendor for them. And so I would do like Gucci and Dolce Gabbana and Hugo Boss and Art of Shaving. I used to do like all of that kind of stuff. So... You know, just I'm I'm people's favorite person when they go to the mall. Very true. Exactly. Very true. So now, um, what about uh, your your recent endeavor? What was the last thing that you did? Before we get into that, one of okay. my favorite things used to be 
say if I did a cigar event somewhere, uh-huh. and then people would see me at the mall, I'd be like, cigar guy. <laughs> What's up, man? <laughs> What's up? You got yeah. those FQs in Exactly. Your They're like, are you still wearing that same suit from last night? What's up? <laughs> like, okay. Yes, and but smell how nice. Yeah, exactly. Smell but smell so was it the same suit? Uh, no, it was not the same suit. Because the one I wore so. for work was black, and I don't wear black typically. Outside of the workspace. Oh, and by workspace, nice. I mean specifically to spray people with perfume. He doesn't, does he? None of your suits are black. Correct. Because huh. uh, you're super bougie. Exactly, of course. Bougie AF. Exactly. If you want to start, let's, talk, uh, let's do a men's fashion podcast. I'll be <laughs> that. I'd be all about that. You'd be the guy. Um, and, then, so, and then recently, uh, another endeavor I just got into, I was actually, so I was very fortunate. Well, So I do these events at uh, this one boutique hotel here in Orlando. It's called uh, the Alphand Inn which the Alphon Inn is actually partnered up with Rollins, and it's this beautiful boutique hotel off of Park Avenue. And I got started with them like two years ago, and I ended up, of course, the event is essentially just networking because you just meet all kinds of people, uh, influential, affluential, anything you can think of, like they're usually at this event. And so I ended up meeting these guys, uh, all these, this big group of Spanish people that they were like, oh, yeah, like if the whole cigar thing doesn't work out, like give us a call and blah, blah, blah. And I was like, well, okay. And, of course, I just... Didn't think anything of it because I'm doing a cigar thing. Or and I was doing other things. I had other jobs. And so then, uh, like a year and a half later, when I got some sense, and I ended up going with Postic to distribute my cigars. Had a little bit more time. I was, I, was, I was available in the sense of, like, I thought being a 26-year-old young man, I could do I could do the cigar thing. I could also get this other gig that seemed like a good opportunity coming from these guys. Ends up that the guy was the SVP of a raw material plastics company, and mm-hmm. the position that he was talking about was uh, for international sales for Central America, and so I went on with them. I went, I was there for five months, and uh, and of course, like, the whole time you're there, you're just thinking about <laughs> cigars the whole time, because right. you're like, ah, well, because you go into corporate America, and I guess when you've been, when you have your own business where you control everything, and you're always thinking of stuff, and you're always just trying to, like... Your mind's always running with ideas of potential things you can get into, whereas you go to a nine-to-five job and you there's just, so much bureaucracy and there's so many levels of having to get anything done or or just like preparation or just people like want, willing and able to do something, but you're no, going to be you're going to be let down because right. yeah, no you're not the one running the show. Is, you're not the guy who gets to make the decision. Exactly. And that's yeah. the thing. You could have every idea in the and world. Sometimes and then, nobody wants to be the guy to make the decision. Exactly. And yeah. so that's that was something that was kind of tough, but ended up that it just didn't work out because of something or rather happening that somebody wasn't going to give us residence, there was no sales gig, and blah, blah, blah. And, uh, and so then as of, what, like two, three, four weeks ago, I ended up um, going back to cigars full time. And, of course, it's like the last few months with Postgres has been unbelievable. So it's, it's almost as if I had never even gotten that gig because we're still hitting the ground running. Moving we're still along. running, yeah. Yeah, well, I mean, you know, in, in one aspect, when you're working in corporate America, you're just a, a cog, whereas when you're running your own business, you oversee the entire operation. Well, and that's the interesting thing, too, is that, say, because obviously I think, I think entrepreneurial-minded is such a buzz, a buzz term these days. Because everybody, like, if you look at applications or you look at different th- or, uh, job descriptions, they're like, oh, we want somebody who's entrepreneurial-minded. It's like, mm, but no, do you, no, though? Yeah, you don't really. <laughs> do you know what that means? You want somebody <laughs> that you can control. Exactly. And essentially, you want, you want somebody who comes in with ideas and is, like, essentially self-motivated and all these different things. Which, yeah, of course, if you have an ideal worker, that's what you'd want. But then you don't want an entrepreneur because an entrepreneur will go out and make things happen for themselves and 
won't typically work towards somebody else's dream. They'll work towards their own dreams and their own ambitions. And that's the thing. It's like, just like when I, I should have known all those years ago when I was doing that internship. It's like, oh, there's just, I, I just like when you get into that day to day, just your horizon and just like how far you can see ahead of yourself just gets shorter and shorter. And it's, you can see how people can get stuck. Right. Get stuck in that nine to five. And not, and of course, everything's relative. So there's people who love that. Right. They don't want to go in. But if you're the type of individual who has these ideas of grandeur and has like these, these very high expectations and very high goals, I don't know if there's anything that you can really do besides being an entrepreneur. Right. Because otherwise, there's, instead of just the, of the ordinary obstacles that you face in entrepreneurship, in a nine to five corporate world, there are so many other obstacles besides the typical ones that you'll face. Right. Because obviously everybody has their shortcomings, everybody has their weaknesses, everybody has their, I guess, their, their, their shortcomings. Right. Because that's the thing, like you keep, you try and, that's this, on a daily basis, I mean, you have to motivate yourself. Yeah. So imagine if you had an office where constantly you're being, <laughs> like, just rejected for every idea that you bring because it's like, oh, well, we got to go through this thing and you got to talk to that person. You got to, right. where it's like, anything I want to do, I'm going to do it. Well, it's they're happening. probably right because you probably have some horrible well, ideas. Oh, that's true, yeah. <laughs> I mean, I'm not saying I bet a thousand. I'm not saying they're all great. No, but the three of us in the room, we're all self-employed. We all work for ourselves. Right. But it always looks better to be getting a paycheck from somebody else. You don't have to worry about mm, it. For sure. The money's always there. There are pros and cons on both ends. Yeah, but, then when, but then when you do it, like you said, you're just like, well, this kind of sucks. I'd like yeah, to be I'll doing something else. Lost right all now. my freedoms. Yeah. yeah, I lost all my freedom. All right, so let me, uh, you know, now that we got kind of deep there, let me just re- <laughs> reel you back in here for one second. Welcome to the Mike Wait, and Mike really Entrepreneurs. Hold so. yeah. 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 on, it's not You're possible. telling me I usually do that? Oh, yeah, yeah so crazy. So <laughs> just, you know, this podcast really isn't about um, the business, c- about cigars, about, about a particular cigar. It's more about the person of the industry. Um, but with that being said, just lightly talk about. Your new release, your FQ proper that you have coming up, and your blend, and um, you know, then we're gonna move on to some some hard questions. Oh, here we go. All those were easy. Yeah, those were very. Those easy. are the oh, easy cool. questions. Okay. Awesome, sweet. Uh, so the FQ proper. So this has been something in the pipeline for some time. I still think you chose the wrong. It's name. true. Uh, it's okay. Should be the everybody's dapper. everybody's entitled the to their opinion, Michael. <laughs> <laughs> everybody's entitled. But uh, no, so this is a cigar. I thought that the name went perfect with what the brand is and what I want the brand to be, and with the whole slogan of like class never goes out of style. Um, and this is, uh, like I said, this has been something in the pipeline for a very long time. Actually, the ones that we're smoking right now, they were actually manufactured not this past August, but the August before. So this mm-hmm. is something that I've had aging in Nicaragua at Noxa for a very long time. But because of the FDA and because of life throwing you curveballs. They've had some time to rest. Right. They've had some time to really get some good age on them. But um, what I had in mind with this one was this was actually the cigar that before I even sat down to start blending, I was given the opportunity. And really, I had seeked the opportunity. I went to um, I went to the guys over at Knox. I'm like, hey, I want to smoke every single tobacco from every single farm, from every single region, from every single country that you guys have in your bodegas or in your warehouses. Like, I want to really... I don't know. The first ones, you have an idea, like with a Phenom, I definitely had an idea. I was like, oh, I want it to taste like this. I don't know how to get it there, but this is what I'm looking for. Whereas this one, I wanted to be able to say, like, oh, I blended this top to bottom all the way. Mm-hmm. And so that took a, a good chunk of time to be able to go and take notes on every single Seco Viso Lijero from every single farm and from different years and things like that. And 
what I ended up getting was just an amazing product because I was able to go into their bodegas and get some of the oldest tobacco that they had, and that gave me the opportunity to use in the filler some really thick broadleaf, some really thick Honduran, and some really thick Nicaraguan tobaccos that I feel if you try to use them, if they were a little bit younger, mm-hmm. they would just combat, and they probably would just give you this this I'm trying to, empty cigar. That it would just they would be so combative, and that you just be there would be no bouquet, there'd be no harmony, there'd be no nothing. So, being able to go into their their inventory and get some really good tobaccos, it gave me the opportunity to give this cigar, which for me I wanted to be able to say like oh. What's up? So is this something you can add to your line on a regular basis, or is it yeah, a, so a the, limited the, release? Co- no, no. Mean, so the, the proper is... If the tobacco's that old, you would think it would... Well, the thing is so that... And correct. But like I said, this is already essentially a year old. Right. So now instead of using tobacco, say, from 2011, 2012, now we're going to be using from 2012, 2013. Right. And it's not so, like you're dealing with a company that uh, has an inventory issue. Correct. Right. And that's the thing. It's like... And Knox just has been unbelievable with me because, I mean... This little chubby 19-year-old kid. And Knox is the factory that rolls your cigars? Correct. Knox, yeah. It's the Nicaraguan okay. American Cigars SA. Okay. And uh, and so this, it was just, they really gave me a great opportunity. And uh, like I said, this is something I blended top to bottom. And this is the other portion of this cigar. So like I said, it has the filler of the Honduran, of the Broadleaf, the Nicaraguan, Binders Honduran, because I... Once I got that chance to start smoking the Honduran tobaccos, I just fell in love with the aroma it gives and, like, that candy sweetness that you can just pick up from any cigar. I feel like any time you have a Honduran tobacco in a cigar, it's like, oh, I know this is in there, 100%, because of how rich and how just, like, characteristic it always is. It's right. always very sweet. It's always very aromatic. Um, and then I went with the uh, Ecuadorian Havana Scudo wrapper just because, I mean, it's just a gorgeous wrapper. It doesn't look too dark it doesn't look too light it's something that you'll have both people that are like oh if they like a darker cigar they'll reach for it if you have somebody who likes something a little bit more because a lot of people they don't necessarily know heavy versus light all they know is colors so it's i think it's just that in between where somebody who's like a medium cigar smoker will go for it where at the same time like a maduro smoker will be like oh let me try this one right and uh and so the other thing that just like is very special to me on this cigar is I, my big thing was like I wanted to give a reason for making a cigar more expensive because obviously you try to grow value in your brand and you're trying to just like continually grow equity in your brand. Right. So something that I did was I actually hand selected every single cigar that people will smoke from this line. Ooh. Ooh. Wow, so I mean, that. I got to keep that whole bougie thing going. That's you know it. what I'm saying? That's <laughs> it. And that's the thing. It's like a lot of the big companies can't do that. They can't say that their brand owner went there to Nicaragua, spent weeks. And just sat in the back with he- headphones on, just like cranking out, right. just like Hand doing the quality, yeah, everything. and the quality right. control. And so that was something else. It's like if, if somebody were to come up to me, because I've heard people ask these questions, like, oh, why does a cigar cost this much? I have no reservation telling them, because I touched every one of these motherfuckers. <laughs> right. Because I actually went through and inspected every single one. They, and the thing with the proper is that it's, you really need to, you really need to like keep an eye on them because since. Like, it has the triple cap. It has the closed foot. They went a little bit heavier on the cigar in the sense of how much tobacco they're putting in there. So you really do need to go to every single one and make sure it's not plugged. Right. Because that's a, a very easy mistake that a buncher can make because if they're just trying to pack it with tobacco, it's very easy to overfill a cigar. Right. And so that was something else. So, like, the whole thing, and you can see it on the band that actually says, like, hand-selected and blended by, and it has my little signature on there. But that, I mean, this is the first cigar I put my name well, on. Well, you right. signed each one, though, too, right? <laughs> Put your little name on each yeah, one. Just a little, little fine point pen. 
Well, I think that you uh, this is your best blend so far to date, and that's not giving uh, you know any disrespect to the Phenom Number no. One or the Number no. Three because I think those are both great cigars as well. Um, but the the proper is um, every bit of amazing, and uh, the first release is going to be when uh, February third. February third, correct, and, and that's uh, uh, an event in uh, in Texas. Texas. Fort Worth, yeah, Fort, Fort Worth, Worth Texas. Underground cigars, underground cigars, underground cigars. Mr. Don Wiggins. There it is. All right, very nice. So um, thank you for lightly touching on that. I, I really I, appreciate. I mean that. I feel like that was pretty light. Come on, that was <laughs> I mean, I mean that, it, was, it was light for you. Yeah. Let's, let's just let's put it on. Let's put it that way. Um, now. Now comes the good questions. Here we go. All right, so we have a set of three questions that we ask every single person who uh, we bring into the studio here to interview. These so. are the Palmer questions. The Palmer, Whoa, the Palmer question Palmer corner. Questions. Oh, we should yes. make that. Oh, nice. nice. Like but can you sit in the corner when you do it? I'm practically in the corner at this moment. <laughs> okay, first question. What person, living or dead, would you like to have a cigar with? You know, outside this room. Right. Uh, can't, can't say either one of us. Because obviously those would be my first two oh, Clearly. Duh. And you could just say Mike, and then we'd both feel good. <clears throat> yeah. Well, that's not going to happen. Uh, <laughs> I'm not going to make you feel good. Um, you know what's funny is that, so this guy actually smoked cigarettes, but I feel like in a perfect world, he would have smoked cigars. And Michael, I would hope that you would, I would hope both of you guys would know this at this point. Nat King Cole. Okay. Nat King Cole I think that just what he did for the music industry, what he did for the African Americans, what he did for like I mean this he and even like as a Cuban growing up, it's like I you know, I mean some yeah, of my I favorite know. some of my favorite songs are like the songs that he did in Spanish. And I mean right. they have a statue of him in Cuba because he was one of the first Americans to do like a full like full records in Spanish. Granted he doesn't have the best accent, right. but the effort was there. Yeah, he, tr- he tried. Yeah. And so, and, and they're good songs. Exactly, they're amazing. You have not spent a full night till you've sat around with Matt Hunt, <laughs> get so drunk that you have to shut one eye because you're seeing double, and have him just sing Nat King Cole songs. Yeah. So just like serenade, serenade you, gently just serenade. serenade you. Yeah, exactly. That's it. But yeah, so we, we tried to periscope, but uh, we attempted. We just started periscoping each other. Then we'd watch each other's periscopes. <laughs> we have a lot of fans. Viewers, a lot of fans. Viewers too. Yeah, exactly. But uh, yeah, Nat King Cole just and you talk about. Because me, I feel like with FQ cigars, I feel like I, I always try to embody my brand. And I think that my brand embodies me in the sense that, I mean, why do I wear suits all the time? It's because I'm literally a 100-year-old man. It's like right. I love... You're an old soul. Exactly. But I just love that whole, like, elegance and just, like, timelessness of it. And when I think of timeless elegance, I, he's probably up there with somebody who I... Man, there's never a bad time to listen to Nat King Cole. Gotcha. gotcha. All right. Question number two. Best piece of advice anyone ever gave you? Mm. Wow. Told you they were hard questions. Yeah, this is heavy. Well, I love that it's just like, oh, so answer this. That's Hopefully you don't make anybody upset. That's it. Yeah, that's it. Right. No, no advance warning. Well, no, you know, no people prep. have opinions. You piss people off. It is what it is. Yeah. And they move on. So one of my favorite things, I actually, and, I, I, and it's just one of those things that I don't even know where it came along or what it was, but one of my favorite things that Somebody told me this actually goes back to like my football days and the whole idea of like going to college and playing football and stuff like that was no matter how hard you work, there's always going to be somebody working harder. Right. Which I find that to be fascinating. Okay. And I think that as a competitive person, which I'm a very competitive person, you are playing sports is like my whole life. And I mean, anything I ever do, it's always competitive, is that just makes me work so hard. Mm -hmm. And it's, 
and it's just a, a, a crazy thing because I have no idea where it came from. And actually, there's another one that I'd like to share. Okay, please. That it's actually another anonymous quote that... I'm a big quote guy. I'm a big, like... I love the idea of, like, and I just... A phrase and then critically thinking on it, and it's just a fascinating thing. Um, but when it comes to entrepreneurship, I think it's an interesting quote, is live years like like some people won't, so you can live the rest of your life like most people can't. Right. Oh, very nice. Which I think that... I mean, like, on the on the surface, it's like, oh, okay, well, we get it. All right, work hard, whatever. But, like, you really think about that phrase. I mean, I can... In, this really helped me when I was in college. When I was spending my Thursday, Friday, Saturdays going to different retailers and hanging out with 45 to 75-year-old men... Right. ...as opposed to going to Fiddler's Green and The Porch and Park Avenue and doing things like that and going to frat parties. It's like, yeah, right. I, I, would, I would sprinkle those things in, but... Once I started my company, it was really I would just regularly be at cigar lounges, rocking the suit, hanging out with old guys. Delayed gratification. Yeah, but it's one of those things that it's interesting to look back now, and not to say that I'm making millions of dollars, not to say any of these things, but it's incredible how much value I have in my life now. Right. And how much... Well, you're, you're those... further along than somebody who's normally your age. Oh, exa- well, and even, bes- should... like, even besides that, Mike, is that I... Experience-wise. Exactly. Those nights and the people I've met and the things I've, that have come from those nights of hanging out and the different opportunities of, like, of extravagant trips or just, like, or even nights I've been able to go to people's houses and drinking, like, with you and just... And singing. Ha- yeah. And, and just singing. singing my little heart out. He has a beautiful right. voice. It's, I appreciate that. But it's just... It's <laughs> or we incredible. were just that drunk. I didn't know. It's, it's incredible to, to really... You dissect that term of, or, like, that phrase of, oh, living some years like most people won't because mm. what 19-year-old, 21-year-old, 20 even now, 26-year-old kid wants to be sitting at a cigar lounge Thursday, Friday, Saturday when all of their friends are getting weird and forgetting their, their credit cards at clubs and this and that. Mm-hmm. But then now, I mean, it's incredible to have my friends be like, damn, dude, <laughs> we should have done what you did. Right. Right. We, should have been, we should have been going and like, and not to say that I didn't enjoy what I was doing at that time, but everything's always relative. So right. yeah, it's like, oh yeah, maybe the posts, like the social media posts look dope and like all these different, like, it might have seemed like I was having a great time, but no matter who you are, you're always always seeing what other people are doing. That's right. a very always difficult learning. thing, but you're always aware of everybody else's situation. So, right. sorry. That was another light, another light ah, I like it. dissertation. I like it. Very, very heavy answer. So it's going to be a two-part podcast. <laughs> <laughs> Will this be the first, the first uh, two-part? The first, first two-part podcast. Uh, final question. What is your favorite cigar? Ooh. My favorite cigar. Not, not yours. Obviously. Obviously. That would be my go-to. My favorite cigar hmm. that I've ever had or just like one that I smoke on the rag? What well, is your favorite? Every answer has had two answers. Every question has had two answers. Yeah, so well, I'm going to take give the you question two. as you like oh, yeah, and you advice. answer it accordingly. There's no There's guidelines. No rules, no rules yeah, here at the uh, Cigar Hustlers podcast. Mm-hmm. Beautiful. Love it. So my favorite cigar I've ever had was, <laughs> had to have actually have been that first cigar. Yeah. Yeah, just the, because... The $2 St. Pete cigar? No, no, not no. the $2. The one oh. that I had with my brother. The Cuban on the cruise. Oh, yeah, the Cuban, Cuban on, on the, the cruise. cruise and I mean, it was just a garbage... I mean, the most disgusting-looking thing I've ever seen. It was just horrendous. With that little red label. It wasn't a Cohiba. It wasn't a Monte Cristo. It was nothing... What did it say? Nothing bougie. Right. Nothing bougie about that cigar. I was... It started with an S. I can't remember. If I, I see Something the, Greek, I actually probably. Have a, I actually have a picture of the band. I just don't remember, but... But it wasn't so much the cigar. Right. It was more... The experience. Oh, my God. To be able to smoke with my brother in the middle of the Mediterranean, 
Um, the night that I just like fell in love with the whole ideal of cigars and the romanticized vision of cigars, it's like, no, it's like a lot. And that's one thing for me. It's some of my favorite cigars have that hasn't even been about the cigar. It just happens that cigar had brought me these experiences. And that's for me, it's like that's why most of my cigars, like I, or whenever I try and do events and stuff, it's like I always try and make every single person I ever talk to, I want to know about their life. I want to make this the best smoking experience you've ever had because that doesn't even, you could actually be smoking somebody else's cigar. Right. But you're going to remember this moment in particular with me because that's the important part. And it's right. going to make the cigar taste so much better. And then the other, okay, so then for my favorite cigar that I'm like, I smoke on the regular, I would definitely say, hmm, let's see. This is hard because I, Recently, I've been actually going through my humidor of like all the, all the uh, IPCPR cigars that I've the stuff you picked up along yeah. the way. And one that I've actually been enjoying a lot because I weaseled my way many a times over to their booth was oh. actually the High Clear Castle oh. by Nick Melillo. That I haven't been posting it lately because I feel like I've been smoking too many, and I don't want somebody to be like, "Yo, where the hell did you get all the cigars?" <laughs> <laughs> hashtag Let's Hang Out. Know, hashtag hashtag let's, hang, yeah, let's Hang Out. Exactly. Which, I mean, I, as you guys know, I mean, Nick's doing great things, and the whole story behind that cigar is phenomenal, but... That's, that's for another podcast. Correct. This is a, but it's a very, very good cigar, and that's what I have secretly been smoking on. It's a great <laughs> stick. I really love that cigar, too. I smoke that cigar a lot. Uh, that's it. That's all the questions. All right, well, let me end it by saying we love you. We are... Ah. We're, thank you very much for coming on the podcast. Um, you know, you breathe life into this industry, which I think is uh, something that sometimes it's missing. Because you get stuck in the old, mundane, same mainstream bullshit, and um, you don't see too many young people aspiring to create their own cigar, build their own business. And uh, I, I thank you for that. I think the cigar industry should thank you for that. I think that you're doing great things, and uh, I wish you um, more success as we progress into the future. Thanks, man. Um, if you like this podcast, all that we ask is that you tell your friends about it. Um, and we would appreciate your feedback. So if you have uh, anything positive or neg- negative to tell us, please let us know so we could make this podcast better for you. And um, that's pretty much it. And, uh, Mike, you want to say bye? Uh, goodbye, everybody. Matt, again, thank you for coming in. Absolutely. It was appreciate a pleasure. that. This is uh, episode number three. Yeah, but we may alter this. This may be episode oh, maybe two. Maybe episode two, maybe episode five. We don't because know. of his release. So <laughs> we'll see. It could be episode 75. You never know. Could <laughs> oh, never wow. see the light of day. Remember, aging, you know. aging. 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 Rest on the show for a while. That's it. That's the beautiful part about not being a live co- podcast is you can do. All right, gang. That's it. Show's over. Time to put out that cigar and get back to work. Ain't nobody gonna do it for you. Everybody get hustling.